For KVUT, I'm Mike Landis. The new year means a new session of the Texas Legislature. And here to talk about some of the hot-button issues that will be taken up this session is UT Tyler Associate Professor of Political Science, Dr. Mark Owens. Dr. Owens is one of the co-authors of the UT Tyler Dallas Morning News Polls. Welcome. Thank you, Mike. Now, when we last talked, the November elections had just wrapped up, and your UT Tyler polling was pretty much spot on when it came to the issues that Texans were most concerned about. Yeah, the Texas voters seem to be really concerned about securing the border. Um, now, that was a huge 47% of Republicans in the state said that was their number one issue. Democrats were sort of split between gun safety and abortion rights. So those three issues together made up the uh, top issues. But of course, the economy was equally important for Republicans and Democrats uh, together. And so all four of those issues should still matter and is going to shape how legislators approach this next 140 days. Well, the hot button issue as the 88th legislature gets underway is what to do with what just became $33 billion in surplus funds. That's right. So we have this idea, I mean, somewhat with inflation, now we've been spending more money, right? With More money is being collected through sales tax. But also there's been a growth to this Texas economy, despite what was happening nationally. And all this money means half of it is going to go to our rainy day fund. It could be spent on policies. So Beto O'Rourke, when he was running, suggested that this go towards building schools or you know, new infrastructure projects that the state could lead on. Governor Abbott has talked about the idea of maybe a, a property tax dividend. So give it back to property owners as just a one-time payment. And we saw this with the stimulus, other ideas, that this was money that the government did not intend to collect in the last year. They collected it just because of the amount we paid in sales tax. This promises to be quite a session with so many bills filed even before the legislature was gaveled into action. In uh, filing bills now, it, it's you know, just through January 5th, there were more than 1,500 bills submitted by the Texas representatives and Texas senators. That's mostly coming from the 150-person House. You know, this idea is the 31-person Senate has 344 pieces of legislation that have been filed. A lot of these issues are actually being filed by members of the minority. Uh, they want to get issues out there. Just filing bills lets them be part of a conversation. You can tell that a lot of the leaders in the state, the committee chairs or others are holding back until session actually opens and they're chairing their committees. So like Senator Brian Hughes, he's the chair of the, the state affairs committee. You know, he gets to use his seat on the committee to run a lot of his power. And those bills are going to emerge that way instead of this sort of pre-filing period. What about the energy grid? Is that still going to be a major issue? It is. It's one of these issues right now where we know that we're in the winter months, that, that voters are starting to think again about uh, the, the grid failure, which we had. But also Dan Patrick has come out in support of wanting to see some additional reforms in this. So he talked about it in December. What does he want to see the Texas Senate lead on? And he pointed out to the grid on this issue, right? He talked, his, his quote was, the Texas miracle for our economy can't continue if the lights don't turn on. And that was great. But that really shows to you, if he's already come up with a slogan on this, he's going to push it for the next month. And he's trying to step out on the issue even before Governor Abbott comes out and talks about his emergency issues, which become priorities for the legislature. And so this is a little bit of those sort of agenda setting um, battles that we see among our state elected leaders of trying for Patrick to push Abbott on an issue so that 
that might take the place of looking at rural internet or others where now we have some federal funds and the state can continue to go after some of its emergency issues the governor had two years ago. Here we had uh, Democrats last year who got on a plane and went to Washington so they wouldn't have to vote on the abortion issue. Uh, Do you see that kind of divisiveness this time around? I mean, the Republicans are still in control. They still run the show pretty much. Yeah. You know, that memory of essentially Democrats blocking the end of the session and then an entire special session, I think sits well with the, sorry, not well, but it sits in the minds of our representatives and, and senators. They they're still there. It's the same faces. Only a few have moved on to D.C. for the Texas Democrats. This has been a re- in response. Texas Republicans have a growing number of individuals who are asking to stop the norm of appointing one chairman to be of the Democratic side. This is one of the interesting things across the entire country where there's a norm of bipartisanship in Texas. You allow some kind of leadership sharing where a Democrat is able to chair a committee while the Republicans are in charge. And then if the Democrats ever take control of the legislature, they return that favor and let a Republican chair a committee. There are individuals in the Texas legislature who are pushing this and somewhat led by the the state party chair are trying to stop this. And, you know, that's something where you're seeing a huge change in the culture of the legislature. um, And that will have existing effects because the Democrats will respond. They they see that their potential for influence is, is waning. I would not expect much more bipartisanship from Democrats if they take control sometime in the next six years. One controversial subject we're sure to see this session is the whole subject of school vouchers. You know, this is one where we saw public support for it. And immediately when our polling had shown this, right, Senator Cruz showed interest in it. Governor Abbott was pointing to the fact that there was public support behind it. Um, and this is a way that collectively can give communities across the state, maybe more often in, in, in cities compared to rural areas, but um, where you have more private schools, but choice and, and possibilities for people. If they don't like the curriculum that's being taught in the public school, they could go to a private school. Um, or, But in this case, it detracts some funds that we have. If we need to invest in public s- schools, then if you're letting students take public funding dollars away from their public schools, uh, our school districts are going to have to find new ways to find that revenue. Let's circle back to that top issue from the last election, and that's border security. It's been the top issue, but there's been criticism of the cost per benefit of Governor Abbott's Operation Lone Star. What's going to happen with that? You know, I think that already Governor Abbott's shown some interest to try and make sure that he can get the federal government to pay back some of this money. Uh, I think that, that that's going to continue, at least politically, to be part of this, to say that there's some shared blame between the federal government and the state government, um, and then there should be shared costs. But I collectively, this is one of those things where it's good for leadership to show continued support uh, or action on a topic, but there has to be a shelf life. I mean, at some level, this can't continue to be an sort of a line item in a budget that's not normally there for five years. We have a freshman congressman from East Texas, former Smith County Judge Nathaniel Moran, is taking Louis Gomert's District 1 seat. Now, Gomert held that seat for 20-plus years. He faced criticism for his performance from a lot of folks. You think Moran, as a freshman, will be able to do more? Yes. I think there's a lot of prosperity or ideas that we can think that Nathaniel Moran is going to be successful in Congress. You know, one of the things I think that he recognizes is that this district that was created out of the new redistricting process a year ago is the the seventh most secure Republican district in the country. 
Wow. And he faced very little support among any other elected officials in his primary. So that sort of signals to me that there aren't a lot of people in East Texas among our other elected officials that are interested in challenging him. He's able to use that to sort of build some seniority in Congress. So we might not ex- we'll expect to see Nathaniel Moran uh, as our U.S. representative offer some bills, maybe sponsor some legislation and get moving in committee. But I think he's signaled through some interviews that he's going to sit back, take some of the apprenticeship and norms that we would have expected to see people who rise as leaders in the U.S. House do. I I think he's taking a very long-term view of what he can do uh, in the next 10 years, and that's because he has such a safe seat. Any take on the sway that may or may not still be held by Donald Trump in Texas and on Texas politicians? Donald Trump's sway in Texas is obviously rooted in the Republican uh, electorate and maybe that primary electorate. I think that his sway primarily we can think of is is going to be that he continues to have communication with uh, the attorney general, right? The lieutenant governor. That gives him some opportunities to talk about legislation as well, entree to come back to the state and meet with voters. But as these months move forward in 2023 and we get closer to the Republican primaries early in 2024, the the public support for Donald Trump is likely to decline when we see alternatives emerge. And that could be Ron DeSantis. It could be Mike Pence. It could be Tim Scott. You know, it could be any Ted Cruz, if he, although he's currently said he's likely to run for the Senate. Our guest has been UT Tyler Associate Professor of Political Science, Dr. Mark Owens. I'm Mike Landis for KVUT.